WDBM East Lansing. Welcome to The Sci-Files, an Impact 89 FM series focusing on student research here at Michigan State University. We're your co-hosts Chelsea Boudou and Daniel Puentes. And we're back for another year of The Sci-Files. Happy New Year, everyone. Now is 2022, and we have a lot of episodes coming up for you with a lot of new content. Today, we're talking with Merve Kursov about her research in mathematics education. She actually focuses on research with English learners who have not been fully immersed in the mathematic field. I'll let her tell us more about her research, though. Thanks for joining us today, Merve. May you please tell us more? Hello. Thank you so much for inviting me. I am Merve Kursov who is a PhD candidate in mathematics education at Michigan State University. And my research is about my dissertation studies, a mixed method dissertation study, which is focusing on teachers' perceptions, experiences, and strategies for teaching and engaging English learners in 6th, 12th grade mathematics classroom using culture-responsive pedagogy as my theoretical framework. And I believe that my dissertation study will set a stage as a foundation in determining what teachers' beliefs and practices in teaching mathematics to else are. By the way, else is a short version of English learners I am using in my daily language. And I plan on using the findings from my dissertation study and plan future studies that will involve intervention and professional development for mathematics teachers of English learners. It's nice to meet you, Merve, and thanks for joining us this morning. Happy to start off the new year with you as our first interview for 2022. To give our audience a little bit more understanding, why did you choose to use English learners as the group of participants for your study? Hi, Daniel. Working with ELS was really important for me, I mean English learners, because as an international scholar, that was also similar to my experiences, so I have first-hand experiences. And then that's why I always have been interested in working with English learners. Before I came to Michigan State University, I have joined different projects at University of Rochester and University of Georgia. And one of them was really very important for me to decide my research project right now. It was collaborating for English learners. And I use my um, knowledge for teaching mathematics to students who are coming with different backgrounds or historically marginalized students. And in this project, I really was part of the team for modifying the current curriculum in New York. So that was a really important experience for me first. And later I came to Michigan State University and I have worked with amazing team here. And we were absorbing classrooms and we were collecting data from students. And during that moment, I always recognize that English sometimes are having a different level of engagement as opposed to other students. And also at the same time, after COVID hit, I really was really thinking about this one deeply, how they are doing with the online teaching and learning environment, because they are generally first generation students. They really need something else, like, you know, one-to-one interaction with their teachers or small group work. I was really wondering this, and that's why I really wanted to make a research, especially with teachers, to see how they are, you know, approaching teaching English learners in their mathematics classroom or like engaging English learners in their mathematics It's great that you have experience doing research in Georgia and New York. I really like that whenever you came to Michigan, you've been engaging with the community where you're going to these different classrooms and analyzing how these English learners are learning math. Are you still going in person to these classrooms or do you conduct these analysis virtually? And where exactly are these classrooms? Are they only in mid-Michigan or is it all throughout Michigan? 
During the COVID, we didn't go to schools. As a research team, we were, before the COVID, we were going to schools and collecting data. CMP is a curriculum project, and we right now working with a nonprofit organization and creating a digital curriculum. And using that curriculum, we are looking for students' productive disciplinary engagement in classroom setting, and we are collecting screen recordings, and also we are interviewing with teachers. But we were doing that one before COVID, and as a researcher, of course, I was going to school settings and observing students and collecting data then also organizing data, analyzing data, and writing with my research partners some frameworks to be able to analyze that data. So that was the process. And we are working generally with the schools. We were working with schools in Michigan, and especially I was participating to schools in Ann Arbor. And also we were collecting data from Maine. So that was our out-of-state group. Generally, it was Michigan area. It's important that you were able to collect this information from different geographical regions here in the United States. Let's talk a little bit about the analysis that you're performing. What are the different statistical research methods that you're using? So if you're asking for my own research study, dissertation study, I use the mixed methodology in my dissertation study. So the mixed method nature of my study provided an in-depth understanding of the beliefs, perceptions, experiences, and strategies of U.S. mathematics teachers. And with the mixed method research, I combined the elements of qualitative and quantitative research approaches for breadth and depth of understanding. In my research study, I conduct a two-phase research study. In phase one, I collect a survey which to investigate teachers' beliefs and perceptions about their own mathematics teaching. And in the second phase of the data collection, I collected the data that came from teachers' interviews. And based on my observation and teachers' reactions and feedback during the interviews showed that, as reported by them, I and teachers have a better sense of whether or not teachers' mathematics class materials are culturally responsive and how they are making their courses culturally responsive, how they are getting to know their students and their cultural learning, and what teachers are thinking, believing about the potential solutions to make the mathematics class more relevant to students and engage them in mathematics, and how they are designing the task and classroom activities, or what they are thinking about the cultural responsiveness aspect of the curriculum which they use in their mathematics instruction, and how they are assessing students. And so this was like my, like the general questions in mind I was trying to answer by providing in the first phase of the study a surveys to the teachers. And I was using a Likert scale and so that they can reflect based on their experiences and strategies on that scale. In the second phase, I was really asking them this kind of questions to get their qualitative data and so that I can conduct my mixed method. And uh, in this research, I collected data from 6th to 12th grade mathematics teachers. And I asked a question in my survey about if they are volunteering in the join the second phase of the research. And if yes, I asked them to provide an email address. And later, I connected to volunteer teachers if they are still interested and sent them a consent form, then a scheduled time for an interview with teachers. And I'm still in the process of analysis. So um, I'm just done with the data collection and I plan to use some statistical tools. I probably use M plus and SPSS. This is what I'm feeling more comfortable to analyze my survey data and which came from 188 teachers. So for my interview data, quality one, I am coding the teacher interviews right now by deciding, you know, what are the common categories to decide my ultimate themes? And then I will start my survey data analysis. Well, that's really interesting. 
I'm not quite familiar with M plus or SPSS. I'm actually used to MATLAB or Python, but there's so many different softwares out there to analyze data. You said that your data comes from 188 teachers, which is quite commendable. Do your results vary across the regions in the United States? For example, do you notice that some areas students are learning better than others? My dissertation is not looking for what students are learning. It is really looking for what teachers' strategies, please, or perceptions for teaching and engaging their English learners. That's why I can say that for my interview study, the results vary across regions, and especially depending on teachers' experiences, their education, identities. You know, I mean, in a state, let's say, where if there exists less, a number of the English learners is not really high in that state. I can say that teachers may have less experiences with English learners, and that will impact their experiences and strategies and the way they are approaching to English learners. Because if they have more experiences, they will be more culturally responsive. This is what I see because they are learning in the process to empathy with their English learners. So, like a teacher who is a bilingual may approach differently as opposed to a monolingual teacher. This is one of the things I observed, and I didn't start my analyze my survey data yet. But when I complete the analysis, I will have a better and supported answer for this question, surely. But I am expecting a variation between depending on the regions of the teachers. It's like you said, there's a large variation, just the different kinds of experiences that teachers have when it comes to teaching English learners. I think our audience has a good idea of how your statistical analysis is being performed. But once you've done this analysis, how do you actually measure how much people learn in the classroom? When I am interviewing with my participant teachers, there are many aha moments we are getting together. For example, teachers are like when I ask them an interview question, they are taking their time to think about that, and then thinking about like what they have already done, and they are reflecting on their own action strategies, experiences. And there are some moments they are telling me, "Oh, I have never thought about this one before. Thank you for asking. I actually was doing this. Oh, yeah, that should be working well. But why I didn't do that? You're right. You know, they are answering the question, and then they are reflecting on what they are doing in the classroom, and they are like really recognizing having aha moment. So that was really interesting learning experiences for both, you know, for me and for them as a researcher. End of my interviews, that was the common feedback I got from the teachers. They stated that they were very happy to part of this kind of research because where they can have an opportunity to take a moment to reflect on their approaches, beliefs about teaching mathematics for English learners. I also learned teachers like practices for teaching mathematics for English learners, and you know how the theories. I know look like in the real classroom setting in practice. So this is a great learning opportunity for me and for all my participants. You also said that you are teaching as well. How do you measure how much people are learning in your teaching environments as well? I use active learning problem-based teaching with a student-centered approach in my class. That is the most important thing when I'm teaching. So I cover the content through thoughtfully selected and designed tasks that students work through collaboratively prior to transitioning to full class discussions by making complex content accessible to students and creating a culture of success by also being very very thoughtful about my all students and especially including my historically marginalized students too. 
So in my class, I believe in the power of formative assessment. That is really the part I really love. And to use formative assessment to use measure students' learning on a daily, ongoing basis to figure out how what students are during the course and also inform next steps in teaching and learning. So like having such a classroom environment, reflecting always what they learned and letting you know what they need more or what are the points they're like having a difficult time is really important for a teacher or instructor, right? And then to be more systematic, generally ask students at the end of the unit or sometime of the lessons if needed to write the most important points or the most confusing aspects of the lecture on cards and collect and review my students' responses and feedback. This is fun activity for me and learning activity for me, really like seeing what my, how my students are reacting to their learning. And this always provides me insights into what themes students have retained and what my next teaching steps might be. This is the best way I can inform myself, right? And providing feedback on these themes to students gives them insight into their own learning and as well as the formative assessment. Because of meeting the requirements as an instructor, I use summative assessment. It uh, means that tests, quizzes, and other graded course activities that are used to measure student performance, and they're cumulative and often reveal what students have learned at the end of the unit. So yeah, formative assessment, I use that one to monitor students' learning to provide ongoing feedback. And so more specifically to have students identify their strengths and weakness and target areas that needed work and help instruct, like help me to recognize where students are struggling and while I'm using summative assessment to evaluate their learning at the end of the instructional unit. So that's my approach for teaching. And I mean, like measuring how much my students learn in my teaching. I really enjoy hearing your experiences about teaching because I used to work in a school as well. For these teachers, are you only focusing on the classrooms that are for the general grade level? Or are you also looking at advanced or remedial levels? Does your research change when the instructor is teaching for a different level? Yeah, my research is not, you know, student-centered. It is mostly looking for teachers' strategies, experiences, and beliefs about teaching general mathematics and topics, all of the math topics and engagement of English learners. That's why I was not asking, like, you know, any topic-related question to my teachers, participant teachers. That's why it didn't change. It didn't influence my research study. But the thing really was interesting about that question, when I was interviewing with teachers, I asked them, like, not the level of the students, but in general, like, kind of things they are using to analyze their students, like, different levels. Like, because every student is unique and coming with a, like, prior knowledge and different level of understanding. So that was a common list of the actions they are taking generally. I can share this. For example, allowing choice to the students and integrating technology and letting students work together in small groups, which is very important. Using translanguaging and accommodate pace, which is really, really important. And determine prior knowledge. So encourage goals and teach creatively. Assign independent learning projects. Having clear language and content objectives and how students follow their interests and help students reflect on what they have learned and ask students to write responses to their learning experiences in a journal or record them on audio or video 
this is a fun activity for almost every student. And as an instructor or as a teacher in the classroom setting, reviewing all of these outputs qualitatively and to know more about students and compare where they see them and how they are doing in the classroom is really important. So I see that when teachers are talking about these different kind of strategies, considering many students who are coming with different backgrounds is really important. So this is what I see. And But, you know, that didn't influence or change my study, but that was an outcome. And part of my discussion, if teachers are talking this kind of the ways to analyze students who are more advanced or remedial levels, and really uh, a part of my discussion, because this is really changing uh, students' engagement or changing teachers' beliefs in a positive way, you know, it is really influencing their actions. That makes a lot of sense how you would have to take care of how the way that the teaching is done would change for these different levels of classes. I think we have a good idea of the work that you're doing for your research as well as the teaching that you've been performing. I would love to learn a little bit more about some of the different academic and professional pursuits that you've had. Could you please tell us a little bit more about yourself and some of the things you've been involved with? Sure. I am, as a scholar, committed to promoting equity in STEM and mathematics education through research, teaching, and service. That was the main theme for all of my research experiences and our results. So I have spent much of my career to date involved in all aspects of K-16 STEM and mathematics education. And I have been recognized as a Fulbright Scholar and Scholarship Undergraduate Teaching and Learning Fellow at MSU. So the last decade of my life has seen me take many different academic and professional pursuits. Through all of these experiences, one thing has been a constant active ambassadorship of STEM and mathematics education. So over the past several years, I have had the opportunity to be part of many research projects. So including, as I mentioned before, the main one, Connected Mathematics Project and STEM-related ones, Instilling Quantitative Integrative Reasoning Project, Inquired, and Scholarship Program for Retaining at MSU. And just before I came to MSU, as a Fulbright Scholar, I was a research assistant at University of Georgia and working for investigating proportion relationships in two perspectives project. And before University of Georgia, I was a, a researcher at University of Rochester and voluntarily collaborating with the folks there for the project, collaborating for English learners cells. As my interdisciplinary research and teaching experiences, I am also engaged in professional and service to the field. For example, I am one of the founders of Critical Philosophical and Psychoanalytical Institute for Mathematics Education and Journal for Theoretical and Marginal Mathematics Education. And also I have been representative to MSU Student Advisory Council and Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Advisory Committee. So throughout my research experiences, I evolved as a researcher in a combination of all of these areas. That's why right now I'm working like on the topic I'm working right now. So I'm very excited. I'm so happy about my research and looking forward to completing my analysis and finishing my dissertation study and contribute to the field. I'm so excited. And thank you so much for interviewing with me. It was really nice to talk about my research and then all my scholarly experiences. That's really nice to hear, Murphy. I enjoy hearing about how people got to where they're at right now. I look forward to hearing about how your research turns out in the future and what the results will be. Thanks again for being on the Sci-Files. Thank you. It was really nice to talk to you. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. To hear more about us and learn more about our episodes, check out scifiles.org. 
If you're a current MSU student that would like to be interviewed, please reach out to us at scifiles at impact89fm.org. We'll catch you next week on the Sci-Files, and remember, the truth is in the science.